Megan, I have been using our sponsor Element, that's L-M-N-T, to boost my hydration for over a month now, and I'm really loving it. I'm just not very good at drinking plain water, and I love the taste when I pop one of these little packets, I like orange or grapefruit, into a big bottle of water. It's kind of fruity and salty, and it just helps me hydrate better overall. Element is a zero-sugar electrolyte drink mix born from the growing body of research that shows the best health outcomes occur with higher sodium levels. Each little pack delivers a significant dose of electrolytes, but minus sugar, artificial colors, and other iffy ingredients. Element's flavors are so unique, like fruity watermelon salt and spicy sweet mango chili. And we're going to set our listeners up with a variety pack so you can find your favorite. Right. You can receive a free Element sample pack containing eight flavors with any drink mix purchase when you purchase through our custom link, drinkelement.com slash momhour. That's D-R-I-N-K-L-M-N-T slash momhour. This offer is available exclusively through our partnership and is available for both new and returning customers. And if you're an Element Insider, you'll have first access to Element Sparkling, a bold can of sparkling electrolyte water. Again, it's drinklmnt.com slash momhour. Hi, I'm Sarah. And I'm Megan. We're two moms with eight kids between us, from little to grown. We're in different areas of the country and in different stages of life. But we both know that motherhood's a lot easier when real moms share tips and encouragement. And remind you that it's really all going to be okay. We're not experts. We're parents who've been there. We're not perfect. We're real. Welcome to the Mom Hour. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 238 of the Mom Hour. I am Megan Francis here, as always, with Sarah Powers. What's up, Sarah? Hey, I have my voice 85% back. I would give it a good 83%. Okay. (laughs) Thank you to those of you who commented last week. Someone said they literally thought Megan had a different co-host, and I recorded with full laryngitis. So I would say now I sound like Husky Sarah and not a different person. I'm going to call you Sultry Sarah because that's the way I feel about you. Let's when I'm talking do it. To you that right sounds now. <laughs> appropriate for a Wednesday morning recording session. <laughs> we are excited about this topic because we're talking about winter gear. And as you probably know, I live in Michigan. And so winter is not quite in full swing yet, but it's like getting close. The, the temperatures are dropping and, and definitely winter is in the air. So we went to our Facebook community and asked for recommendations. And we got so many great tips, products. It brought back so many memories of mitten struggles. Like for some reason, when my kids were little, they always managed to lose the same side glove or mitten. (laughs) So I could never even match up two pairs. I don't know. It's like a special talent of theirs. It is. It is. Well, this was fun for me because I don't live in a winter land like you do. I have lived in winter, but never with kids and never as a child myself. So it was fun for me. And I know there's so many great new products and tips. So we have a ton to share with you all. And yes, that did come from our Facebook group, which is available for anyone to join. If you are a listener of our show, we do ask you a couple of questions before letting you in because it really is meant to be a community of listeners of this podcast, but you can check that out. We'll link it up in the show notes. We'd love to have you in there. We had dozens and dozens of great helpful comments. And we're going to get to as many of the tips and suggestions as we can in this episode. But we're also going to do a blog post at themomhour.com with all of the products linked up by category. So like, you know, apparel and shoes and gear and all that. So don't worry about if you miss something that you hear, it's all going to be linked up at themomhour.com. That'll be fun. Megan, the end of the school year and kickoff to summer is a busy time of the year for families, but we can all eat stress-free and hit our wellness goals with ready-to-eat meals from our sponsor, Factor. 
Factor's delicious meals are never frozen and can be ready to eat in just two minutes. You can pick from a weekly menu of 35 options, including popular choices like Calorie Smart, Protein Plus, and Keto. Plus, they have more than 60 add-ons like breakfast, lunch, snacks, and beverages to keep you fueled all day long. So our team was comparing notes recently on our favorite factor meals, and Katie loved the herb-crusted chicken with mashed cauliflower and toasted almond green beans. I loved that one, too. And get this, so did her little boy, Charlie. She heated it up for lunch one day, and Charlie, who's three, ate almost all of the green beans. I mean, that's quite an endorsement, right? I was going to say, what a parenting win. (laughs) And I get it, Charlie. Those green beans are crazy good. And if you really want to treat yourself, they even have meals with filet mignon, shrimp, truffle butter, broccolini, and asparagus. Listeners, head to factormeals.com slash momhour50 and use code momhour50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next box. That's code momhour5050 at factormeals.com slash momhour50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next box while your subscription is active. Okay, Megan. Well, over here at the Mom Hour, we are big fans of our sponsor, Our Place. In fact, you, me, and our team member, Katie, were all comparing notes on our favorite product. Katie was telling us that even though she's packing up to move her family to a new house, she cannot put that mini perfect pot from Our Place into the boxes yet because she's using it like every night. Well, as someone who also has a perfect pot, I got mine as part of their mini home cook duo set. I get it. It's nonstick, which is key, but it also has all these handy features like a steam release lid with a built-in strainer and this nice beechwood spoon that nests on the handle in this perfect little peg. Okay, well, I didn't get this pot, but now I want it. That sounds so great. Our Place's cookware is great to cook with, beautiful to look at, and healthier for us as well. All of Our Place's products are made without PFAS, also known as Forever Chemicals. In addition to their cookware and tableware, Our Place is also making waves with their Wonder Oven, the most stylish all-in-one air fryer and toaster oven. Again, free from the Forever Chemicals found in many of those air fryers. Listeners, Our Place offers a 100-day trial with free shipping and returns, and we've got a great deal for you. Go to fromourplace.com and enter the code MOMHOUR at checkout to receive 10% off site-wide. That's fromourplace.com, code MOMHOUR. All right, we are going to dive in with a category that is really fundamental to winter warmness, and that is feet. Because if you have cold feet, the rest of you is cold. You might say this is actually one of the most essential things that sometimes is like the most frustrating. So I love this topic. Well, and I mean, I, again, I don't have the experience of parenting little kids through winter, but I do know that every stage from newborn to crawlers, to new walkers, to regular walkers, to school age kids, like shoe challenges in general, no matter your weather, they change so quickly. So it's not Mm -hmm. like you find your preferred pair of winter shoes and then you do that for five years. It's like you're reinventing the wheel every year. So we got a lot of great suggestions. We're going to mention a couple. One from Erica, she recommended Bombas socks for toddlers. And um, Bombas is, I don't know, relatively new on the market the last few years. And um, they are super popular. They are more expensive, but I hear nothing but great things about their kids' socks because they are seamless. They don't have that annoying toe seam. So I already knew about that for kids who have like sensory issues with like socks being uncomfortable. But uh, Erica says that the toddler socks are the only ones she has found to keep their toes warm and they're skid free. So kids are not falling down. So that is is a a real hazard on um, slippery tile and wood floors. 
And I have to say, as someone who grew up in a cold weather climate, and I still am in one now, um, one of the worst things as a kid was when my socks would like bunch down inside my boots. I hate that. Yeah. So like, it's the worst. And when you're a little kid and you're already kind of prone to sensory stuff and you're more active, like you're running around in those boots. I just remember that feeling of my socks creeping down. Yeah. I hated it. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. Along the same lines, your sister, Cassie, um, also recommended slide on boots. And so she actually specifically recommended Ugg style boots. Um, Those weren't really as big a thing when my kids were little. But I definitely remember that anything they could just step into, maybe while holding onto my arm while I was like nursing a baby or something, um, that I didn't have to then lace up or pull, like tug onto their feet was a lifesaver. And she says that the ones that she got from the gap, they could actually put on the wrong feet and And it still works. I love that. Like me too. Who needs left foot and right foot when you're two? They should actually make all toddler shoes. They should. Like what they need like arches like dug out for them. Have you ever had the moment where you're walking with your kids someplace and then they go, mom, my feet feel funny. And you look down and they're very obviously wearing shoes or boots on the wrong feet. I mean, I'm sure there's an orthotic reason for having correctly shaped shoes for toddlers. And so you don't need to come (laughs) at me with that. But right. They put them on the wrong feet anyway. And yeah, if they have to be putting on their own. Uh, Boggs was another brand that people mentioned with the with the boots. And I'm not familiar yes. with that. Is that like a winter, like more like a snow boot? So I always thought of Boggs as being more, the ones I've had were more like garden boots almost, although they're very warm, like they're rubbery and they sometimes yeah. have like little handles that you can pull on. Um, and they come in like really fun prints. And I think they are kept very, I think they do keep your feet really warm, but they're just the kind of thing I would have bought. And I have owned a pair before. Um, like almost like spring gardening boots, yeah. but really, really warm ones. Yeah. So you probably could wear them all winter. Well, I have cheated with my kids when we've gone to the snow because we're not snow people and just had them wear really, really warm socks or two pairs of socks mm-hmm. and then their rain boots. Because yeah. as long as the moisture was kept out and exactly. they had warm socks on, we were good to go. I don't think that would be a sustainable for a whole winter. But yeah, but you know, some of those waterproof boots are really, really warm. Just like something about completely blocking out air snow and moisture. Yeah. Really. Yeah. It really sets you up for success. Well, one more quick mention for the feet section is um, Zutano was brought up more than once um, as a baby booty. Um, Mm -hmm. I know they're very affordable. They're on Amazon. And that seems to be what all the mamas of new babies are swearing by for this is for your pre-walkers, like just keep the baby's feet warm. And that came up several times. So those have been around at least since Claire was a baby, but I want to say maybe even since Owen and Will were babies. Okay. Um, as were, and this just popped into my head, but there was a little booty. They were like little Sherpa lined booties that were very popular at the time. And I bet they're still around. Um, not Zutano, but something like that. Okay. And they were another thing, kind of like a little, they look like a little um, moccasin. Uh So I'll see if I can remember what those were. Maybe we can link those up as well. Well, just a quick shout out to Brady and Rebecca, who mentioned their own warm slippers, because you also have to keep your own feet warm. Right. (laughs) Oh, I remember what the brand was. They're Robies. Oh, yeah. And they make all kinds of shoes. But I remember specifically, they had like a little leather bottomed um, loafer that, or like a, sorry, little leather bottom, like booty Boot. that okay. was really warm for baby feet. I loved the Robies for new walkers, but not for warmth. Um, so they must right. have the warm, the winter styles. So that's a great, great tip. Um, okay. Well, we are going to move on to the category that is, you have to take these small people out into the world and yes. this represents much challenge in the winter. So this category is mostly car related, also a little bit of stroller related. And I put those in the same 
category. So one thing that came up again and again was keeping babies warm in the car. And so just toss out a couple of different ideas. Um, More than one person said they actually just keep a lap blanket in the car, which I think is genius. Um, There is also something called the car seat poncho, which looks like you wear it around the whole car seat. And according to the website, it was developed by a car seat like safety expert, because I know obviously warmth in the car and car safety are a big deal. Like I don't even live in winter and I know you're not supposed to zip kids in with their puffy parka in their car seat. And a few other people talked about fleece jackets like Patagonia style or Columbia style, or they they do have them at Costco this year, um, being a great layer where it's safe to zip them up in the car, but not so thick. It's warm enough to be out in the cold, but thin enough to zip them up in the car seat. So we had a whole bunch of discussion about keeping car seat kids warm in the car. Yeah, that was really like a tough thing for me to learn. I I feel like when Jacob was a little, little baby, there wasn't as much emphasis on having everything as snug. And so he did have like a puffy sort of snowsuity thing. Yeah. And I just, you know, I just snugged him up as much as I could. Yeah. And then the recommendations really drastically started to change, like between the time he was a baby and Isaac. Yeah. And it got even more tricky because I started using a sling a lot. So then it's like, well, you've you can get those blankets that like zip up over the seat. And those are great. Like they zip up over the entire car seat and they're very warm um, or you can put them over the stroller. But then sometimes you're like, okay, but now I want to get the baby out of the car seat because I don't want to carry it into the restaurant or the mall. And I want to put the baby in a sling. So fleece slings are really great for that because even if the baby is in something that's like kind of warm, but not like a full on, you know, big snowsuit, mm-hmm. if you pop them into that fleece sling, it's really going to keep them warm and cozy while you're walking into wherever you're going. And then you might have to take off a hat and some, yeah. like some outerwear that's tucked around them to keep them cool enough inside. But it is a really great, um, it's a really great wintertime option. I just want to carry a baby in a fleece sling. Like I don't want to have a baby anymore, but I would just, if anyone wants me to carry their baby around, it feels like, like a bear, like a mother cuddly. (laughs) Well, I just have this memory of my brother, um, having this fleece, like big puffy fleece, uh, green fleece sling that he had when all three of his kids were little. And that was like his sling. I think it was more a man proportion or something. And it was like a pouch sling with, with snaps. I don't remember the brand. Um, and he wore that thing everywhere. And he just looked like this big, like teddy bear with a baby on his chest. Well, we will find you. This was not something anyone linked up to because it's more from your memory, but we will find you all a recommended fleece sling because I really want some, or if someone has it, please email us because that needs to go in this, in this roundup. Um, Okay. A couple more car things. This one I can speak to because this is one that is the same in Arizona summers as it is in Minnesota winters. And that is the remote car ignition starter. People, this is very important. This this $200 aftermarket thing, which can work, I believe, with a car that has no, it's not a smart car. The first car I had it on was not anything fancy. I didn't have a key fob. I didn't have like, it was something I purchased aftermarket and was installed uh, by the dealer. But I think a, like um, a Pet Boys or like um, yep. one of those, pla- these- Like this, a stereo shop can do them. Yes, That's like, where I'm this planning is, to take mine. Yeah. This is possible for you. It's not about how nice your car is. It's about ask for this for your birthday or Mother's Day or or Christmas Christmas (laughs) and get yourself a remote starter because it changed my life when I had now for me, it was 115 degrees and inside the car was 130 degrees. And that was for five months of the year. So I was starting my car to cool it down, but it's the same thing. I mean, we're talking about the same thing in this case, the climate controlled car and being able to click that button 
Um, mine worked for up to a mile away. Not that I ever was that far, but if I was, I would start it in the checkout line at the grocery store while I was in line. Yep. And then by the time I got out with the groceries and the babies, it was cool. So it was amazing. And just a little hot tip from someone who's been there, just get in the habit of before you get out of the car, making sure to yes. crank up or down or whatever, like wherever you want it to be, make sure you turn it back on. Because often by the time you get to the end of your drive, you yes. are already warm or already cool. You don't need it cranked all the way up. And then you forget. And the next day you start your car, you think you're going to get in a warm car, but you had the heat off. Yes, that I did the so, same thing with the yep. AC. So that is a great a great tip. What about this one? A basket full of extra gloves and hats in the car. That is pretty genius. That, that, that is, is genius. That's some that's somebody who's thinking that came from That's very Emily. organized. Mm-hmm. I would say I always had um extra gloves and hats tossed all over the car. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I could dig them up and use them if I were under duress, but I never had a basket. So that is very smart. Yeah, that that is very smart. And I'm I'm thinking our equivalent would be flip-flops. I do in the summer try to keep a pair of cheap flip-flops for every kid in a bag in the back of the car because my kids will get in the car barefoot. But that is yeah. that is for another That's California. That is for another episode. <laughs> Anything else you remember about car or have our listeners covered it here? Oh, gosh. So in the car, I mean, you really you're really worried about their what they're wearing inside the car seat and and or the car seat. Yeah. So no, I think it's kind of covered. Yeah. Started ahead of time. Make sure yep. they're warm going in, covered up while they're in there. Um, and then, yeah, a place for those mittens and gloves. All right, we're going to keep going. And we have a lot of tips from moms about just general apparel. So we're talking coats, um, mittens, basically everything that's not your feet. Because we, right. we gave feet <laughs> their own very important category. So um, our good friend, Michelle, longtime listener, recommends these sweatshirts from primary.com. I looked at this right away because, first of all, I love primary.com. They're not a sponsor. I, if they want to be, that would be wonderful. Um, If you're not familiar, they sell kids basics in solid colors, just solid colors. There's a few stripes, but that's it. And they have a ton of colors. And Mm. so you can mix and match the basics, everything from underwear and swimsuit to like all different styles of play clothes, just like the most basic of basics without anything on them. Um, But these sweatshirts she pointed out are great for layering under coats. It looks like they have a little thumb hole, which is amazing for that whole issue where, you know, the sleeve gets pushed up. And they also look relatively slim fitted. So you're not putting a coat over something else that's bulky. So I know like even the the few times that Violet has to wear a coat, this would be huge because she doesn't like that feeling of long sleeve on long sleeve on long sleeve with multiple layers. So, um, and primary is also really affordable. Um, so we will, we will link that up and, um, super cute and great tip. I had not seen that particular product on primary, but I'm a big fan of their stuff in general. Yeah. And I love the thumb hole concept. I have to say, Clara is very particular. Um, she loves anything that's got a hook for her thumb. Uh-huh. And those, I feel like weren't really a big thing even 10, 15 years ago. Um, but they've become more and more popular, especially like in athletic wear yes. and I'm seeing them in kids wear. If your child has shirts that don't have those, you can hold the sleeves down yeah. while they're getting their coats on. Um, but that's really hard to do with like three quarter length sleeves, which is one reason I kind of avoid three quarter length sleeves for kids, not because they're not cute and they keep them plenty warm while they're inside. You know, even on a cold winter day, they're usually right. fine, but it's like the hassle of trying to get a coat on over that and then having them get all bunched up. It's just like, again, it's the same thing with the socks bunching down. It's yeah. giving me this like, this feeling on the back of my neck that I don't like. <laughs> well, I don't, I don't like that as an adult. And I have to right. say, I, we have a lot of three quarter lengths because of the climate we live in. It's just right. a, it's a versatile thing until we get our two months of 
actual layering weather. And then we're like, well, none of these are long sleeves. They don't count as right. long sleeves. They don't count. It's funny you mentioned that because um, Maureen in the Facebook group talked about teaching her four-year-old to to do that trick where you hold the sleeve. The kid holds the sleeve. Oh, yeah. And then you, and yes. I, my kids call it the punch through. Like, let's do the punch through <laughs> trick. So they hold their long sleeve in a little ball fist and then like punch through the sleeve of the coat. But man, I mean, I'm picturing I do this a few times a year and you mamas out there are doing it all day, every day. Yes. So get well, some thumb holes, I guess. <laughs> get some thumb holes. And I don't know if this fits here or in a later part of uh, of our show, but I mean, it, it fits with what we're talking about with sleeves. Mittens also need to be held a certain way to reduce the chance that snow will get in Ugh, your wrists. So what terrible. I would have my kids is like, hold the sleeves of their shirt and then put their gloves on, which hopefully would have a long enough wrist mm-hmm. that it wasn't like cut off. Right. I hate that when the gloves like stop before yeah. the coat um, is likely to, I guess the sleeve is likely yeah. to stop. So then put the coat on over yeah. the gloves because then they'll be kind of held in place by the little cuffs. But otherwise they've got an inch of wrist showing yeah. and they'll come in. You know, the worst thing in the world is sending your kids out to play and it takes 15 minutes to get them ready to go out. <laughs> and then they three minutes later are cold and want to come back in. And now there's snow everywhere. So yeah. Yes. Yes. <laughs> well, we had lots of recommendations for specific waterproof mittens that zip up. Um, and so I, I will just, I don't have anything to add to that because it's of zero experience with this, but, um, we will link those and those come from seasoned moms of toddlers, uh, who have tried these. So we have a couple different options for waterproof zip up mittens for the toddler age set. And then Tessa, who has older kids, um, also talked about ski masks, which at, when I was mm. growing up and we'd actually go skiing, these were great. I mean, they look like you might be, you know, off to robbing commit, a bank, off to commit a crime. But if you've got kids, older kids who are really playing, you know, rowdy in the snow, it kind of covers like ears, neck. It's like a, it's a multi-purpose. I don't yeah. know. Did your boys use your older boys use those? Yep. We've all had we've had so much outerwear in this house. Um, we've had many different ski masks. I think they're called balakavas. Those things that just cover like from your chest to your neck, basically. Oh, that okay. might be, I, I'm not sure if that's what they're called, but they're like this like tubular floppy thing that just goes it kind of covers from like your collar line up to like your chin and I think you could pull it up over your mouth okay if you wanted to they have different kinds like Like, a skinny infinity scarf sort of yeah like yes tight but I think some of them have mouth holes I just there's so many different ways to cover parts of your head and face um and so many different products out there that we've had some version of pretty much all of them Yeah. yeah no that's a great tip um Liz talked about shopping secondhand which I endorse thoroughly for everything. But I would think that boots and coats, especially because kids outgrow them within a single season, or I live in an area where there's a lot of ski culture, even though we don't have winter, people do ski trips. And so if you're only skiing two or three times a year, if that your stuff doesn't get worn. So um, we have done a lot of when we we did go to Vail last Christmas. And so that was the, the first time with all three kids that I've had to really outfit everybody. And I borrowed a lot. Um, we traded, um, so in my neighborhood, the texts start going around when whoever is planning a trip to the snow and, you know, we're just, we're borrowing trading, but secondhand would be another great thing. And somebody else mentioned end of season sales as well. I bought myself an end of season, um, winter coat at the end of last year. And it's been so fun this year to be like, oh my gosh, I have a coat. Oh, like this thing I bought. Yeah. yeah I love that. Um, yeah. Consignment is great. And one thing I've noticed, depending on the year, I have had times when I've gone to say target at what I thought was a very reasonable time of year to purchase like outwear, like outerwear yeah. and found it mostly picked over and yeah. gone and been very surprised. Um, consignment's nice. Cause it kind of trickles in and out. So like sometimes I've had better luck going 
to the consignment store than to the store that I would think would have constant stock. Um, I've also had really good luck at sporting goods stores. They don't really sell out of that stuff because they need it all the time for skiing and um, snowboarding and stuff like that. And I think that like just kind of keeping your eye on a few different, (laughs) a few different sources because stuff does get lost and it really doesn't matter. I have found it's like, there's this weird Murphy's law that it almost doesn't matter how much I stock up at the beginning of the season at some point, like the amount of winter gear I purchase is the amount we will go through by like February and I will need to replace something. Uh, Another thing I did last year was I bought a bunch of little, like those little thin gloves at the dollar store. You know, the ones, Uh the stretchy ones. Those are great just to have on hand for layering and to have an extra pair to kind of um, stash in your kid's pocket, especially if they're older kids and they think they're too cool Uh for gloves. Because now I'm in the stage where I am actively fighting my teenagers to wear outerwear, like uh-huh. appropriate outerwear, and they won't do it. So I find, and they'll be like, mom, I'm already carrying so much stuff around all day. My backpack's already so heavy, mom. I don't need it. I'm not even cold. So I'll find myself just stashing like thin little mittens in their coat pockets. So, you know, I love those. <laughs> I love those drugstore gloves. And I lived in Chicago, Chicago land for seven winters. Yeah. And I have to say, I used those a lot of the time because I'd never, I mean, not every time. There were some times that you needed something more, but I love them. And actually for where we live, um, it's a great, like when I go on my walk in the morning and it's 42 and it's going to yeah. warm up to 60 or 65, but it's perfect. So I love those. I love that you can like still do things with your hands and they cost a yes. dollar, $2. They're a dollar. And so you can have multiple pairs. You can have them stashed all over the place. That's yeah. what I like about them too. They, they really don't, I mean, they're not going to cut it for like playing, you know, making snowmen right, or absolutely. being outside in like bitter cold. But if, yeah, you're walking the dog and it's not that cold out, or if you're a teenager and you think you're too cool for mittens until you get halfway to school and then you realize it's bitter cold and you stick your hands in your pockets and yeah. your mom has stashed some thin gloves, <laughs> you can just mom. kind of throw them on without, without losing face. Yeah. So, and you never you even know. have to like, there's no moment of acknowledgement. They'll no. probably never thank you. It's just no, like, you can throw them away for all I yeah. care. So. <laughs> I love it so much. Um, I just thought of something since we're talking about all these things that can get lost. Um, I always use Mabel's labels for, um, mm. like labeling clothing. And it's something I didn't, I didn't get into. My kids didn't really go to daycare or a lot of camps when they were young. So it's only been since everybody's like, more independent and at elementary school, like away from me a lot that I've gotten into labeling. But I just, at the beginning of the school year, I buy, there's like a variety pack of Mabel's labels where certain types stick better on clothing tags. They're meant to stick on those, um, the soft tags that almost every piece of clothing has, you know, the kind of silky white one. And then there's other labels that are meant to stick on something hard, like an umbrella handle or a water bottle or something. And I, I'm like, I label willy nilly. Like the kids are heading out the door with something new and I'm like, oh no, come back here. And it, it's not foolproof against losing stuff. But if your school has a good lost and found or your daycare has a lost and found, you'd be surprised at how sometimes stuff comes back to you. And ours yes. just say powers. I did yeah. eventually get um, the kids each, mostly because they, they think it's fun to label like their binder or their pencil boxes. Yeah. But actually 90% of the ones I use are the ones that just say our last name because it's got to find their its way back to us. And I pass things down through multiple kids. So yeah. while we're talking about clothes, that is a, a good tip for labeling. I have been using Mabel's labels for the same purposes, actually, since the kids were little. And I think when I first got them, I got all their first names because I wanted them for their sippy cups and stuff. Right. 
And then I realized pretty quickly that if I put Jacob in Jacob's snow pants, then by the time they were passed down to Isaac, (laughs) Isaac was not going to want to wear them. So then I went back and got them all with their last name. So yes, same lessons learned. And that's a great, and those things never like, they don't come off unless you want them to. Right? It's crazy. Yeah. yeah. They're really, really durable. Yeah. No, I use them in the inside. There's one that's meant for to go in the inside of shoes. And so mm-hmm. especially if you stick to stick to <laughs> see what I did there. Yeah, um, nice what one. what Mabel recommends, because there are they're made slightly differently depending on what they're supposed to stick to. So something that's going through the dishwasher is different than something that's right. going through the washing machine, for example. But yeah, those are great. Um, And then lastly, on apparel, we just had many, many moms suggest multiple sets of things that even coats. And this is something I wouldn't have thought of because this is where I'm truly out of the loop. But multiple people brought up the whole like there's a coat you wear in the car because of car seat safety. And then there's the coat you wear outside or the coat you travel in. Is this like is this how it was with your little guys? Um, I don't remember them having special coats for car seat safety Um, or just maybe when they were little. But I will say, well, especially because now we have a multiple house family and we really need to have sets of stuff at every house. Uh, There has to be a set of um, snow pants at dad's and at mom's because they don't wear snow pants to school every day. And I'm talking elementary school kids, like the older ones only wear them when they shovel snow or something. But in elementary school, if it's snowing and the kids don't wear snow pants, they're not allowed to go on the snow on on the playground. Oh, interesting. Okay, so they have to stay inside. Um, So I've just learned the hard way that there's too many times that like they don't make it from one house to the other on the weekend or like the weather gets warm one day, they don't get warm. So just best to have two pair. At one point I went so far as to have an extra pair at my brother's house because the kids were playing over there so much Mm -hmm. that sometimes they would walk over after school when it was, you know, maybe not as cold or something and then stay the night. And then there was a snowstorm at night and you wake up and they want to play outside. Like there's any number of reasons Plus, it's just good to have an extra pair in your house in case there's random kids that come over. Um, yeah. Snow pants make such a huge difference. I always like the ones with the the, the, the overall style. Yeah. But, um, but those are a little more of a hassle to get on and off. Yeah. You know, especially with the coat situation. And then going so, to the bathroom without exactly. taking everything off. Yeah. Yeah. So I would usually have a pair of just the pant ones like in my house extra just in case like as a backup. But we have extra like everything. Yeah. No, everything. that that is a yeah. good idea. And I'm in general, even though I'm, I, I tend to be more of an underbuyer, but when it comes to having duplicates, it, if it makes your life easier, that's always been, I'm, I'm was always that way. And so, yeah, I, I will it. also say that my kids, um, pretty much from, you know, October through maybe April, pretty much live in hoodies. Like they all have some kind of fleece or hoodie on every single day yeah. over whatever shirt you think they're wearing. So like, <laughs> it's just funny because we put so much time and effort into the kid's initial layer, like yeah. the shirt, and then they all put a hoodie or a fleece on top. And then most of them don't take those off. Like they yeah. leave them on during a school day because maybe school is drafty or they just yeah. want to be a little warm. So having, I would think to put more effort or at least as much effort into the purchase of those because they get gross mm-hmm. and you have to have a few backups in case like you notice your kid's been wearing the same hoodie for four days in a row. Yeah. You're like, well, I wear it over his shirt, mom. I, I love like, well, nothing more possible. than your teenage voice today. <laughs> of course, they all talk like that, right? Yeah, mom. I mean, I've been wearing this shirt like under it so I don't stink. I'm like, except that it stinks. <laughs> yeah, it's that important middle layer though, right? right? Like between, yeah, yeah. it's not the outter and it's not the shirt underneath. Right, so, exactly. Yeah, that's, yep. that is good. Great ideas, everybody. And again, we're linking all of this up at themomhour.com.
We are welcoming back Vionic as a sponsor today. And Sarah, I will be honest, I was sorting through my warmer weather wardrobe the other day and it could seriously use a refresh, but you know what's good to go? My shoes. I've got a great selection to choose from thanks to the Vionic Vitals collection. And lately the pair I keep putting on again and again is the Uptown Loafer. I have two pairs, one in sand suede and the other in camel leather, but please don't make me pick a favorite. Oh, I won't. I'll let you keep both. That's so funny, Megan, because I was a little jealous of your Uptown loafers. I was the last one on our team to get a pair, but I just did. I also got mine in the sand suede, and I think I've worn them like four times this week. They really finish off a cute spring outfit. The Vionic Vitals collection has the best essential styles for everyday wear to get you ready for spring. And no matter what shoes you choose, you'll be on the go in comfort because every single pair of Vionic shoes delivers their trademark Viomotion technology for a difference you can feel. Vionic sandals, sneakers, and flats all offer incredible support, stability, and cushioning, and every pair comes with a 30-day risk-free trial, so it's easy to try them out. Use code THEMOMHOUR15 at checkout for 15% off your entire order at Vionicshoes.com when you log into your account. That's a one-time use only. Vionic Shoes. Wearable well-being for your feet. Sarah, our sponsor, Haya Health, makes a kid's daily multivitamin that parents can feel great about giving their kids because they have no added sugars or dyes. And our kids who have tried Haya vitamins have loved them, which is important, right? Because what good is a bottle of vitamins that your kid won't take? Haya was founded by two dads who didn't like the ingredients label on some of the popular children's vitamins they were seeing on store shelves, so they got to work developing a formula that would help fill the most common nutrient gaps in modern kids' diets. Haya's Chewable Kids Vitamin is made with a blend of 12 organic fruits and vegetables and then supercharged with 15 essential vitamins and minerals. They're also vegan, dairy-free, allergy-free, gelatin-free, and nut-free. Haya manufactures their vitamins right here in the USA with globally sourced ingredients, and then they ship their chewable vitamins directly to your door on a pediatrician-recommended schedule. We've worked out a special deal with Haya for their best-selling children's vitamin. You're going to get 50% off your first order. To claim this deal, go to HayaHealth.com slash MomHour. This deal is not available on their regular website. Go to H-I-Y-A-H-E-A-L-T-H.com slash MomHour and get your kids the full body nourishment they need to grow into healthy adults. Okay, well, let's move outside because we have some good tips for outdoor play and or just being outside. So I'll just name a couple. Katie had a great tip. So she keeps a giant beach towel by the back door so that when the kids are out playing in the snow, they come in and the beach towel's on the floor and all the wet snowy stuff goes right onto it. And then she can just wipe down the floor, scoop it up and take it to the laundry room. And there are no puddles everywhere. That is really, really smart. And if you have like a tile or wood floor, you can, if you get to it fast enough, sweep up snow. Oh my gosh. Like you can sweep it into a dustbin and chuck it out the door fast enough that it doesn't create like a puddle or, you know, get the broom all wet. That's that's a good tip. It is a good tip. When I think that we've talked before about like coming home rituals. And that's Uh something where if you've got more than one entrance to your house, think long and hard about which ones you want the kids coming in from out of the snow. Because And and what the built-in expectations are about that entrance. (laughs) Like, where do you put your shoes? Do you take your shoes off? Like, where do you hang your stuff? Yes, train them up. Because kids can sometimes be really strangely literal without like a lot of common sense. So for example, (laughs) let's pretend you have two doors and one of the doors is where kids are instructed to hang coats and put their boots, right? 
but you didn't expressly tell them that if for some reason they happen to come in the other door, they should first remove their shoes and carry them through the house. <laughs> they'll just walk through the house and then they'll be like all surprised when you're annoyed that there's snow everywhere. Like, well, I did what I was supposed to. Right. Well, come on, mom. <laughs> my, my voice is getting weirder every time. No, but I walked over and hung my coat. Like, what do you expect? I just want to know which of your kids you're imitating, but I know that that would not be polite for you. To well, literally, them. it's none of them it's because of none them. of my kids speak with like a surfboard act, like a surfer accent. It's becoming like an episode of the Californians at this yeah, point. It is. It but is. Um, yes, no, none of them talk with that accent, but they do kind of do the mom, 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 mom. come on, mom. That's very true. I'm not going to tell you which kid, but you could probably guess. Yeah, I can. Um, well. <laughs> Katie also said, and so did Ariel, that um, kids sized snow shovels. And I would never have thought of this, but that kids can actually be pretty helpful shoveling the snow if they have a shovel that they can wield that's appropriately their size. So that's a great idea. That is very true. And speaking of that, I was just thinking of these things that are very gimmicky, but they really can be fun. And they're like little snowball scoops. Yes, I've seen those like in the tourist shops when you go skiing. Yeah. I mean, they're kind of a cheesy thing, but they actually can be like one of those things that makes it more tolerable, like tolerable to go outside and make a bunch of snowballs and throw them with a kid who can't shape snowballs yeah. or the snow is wet and goopy or you don't feel like getting your hands cold. Like it's just one of those fun little, I don't know. It's not really to keep them warm. It's just more to add. To well, the and if it keeps them outside for even 10 minutes longer exactly. then your ratio of how long it took to get them out there to them coming in is in your favor a little bit more. Absolutely. Um, and then, of course, Jamie mentioned a sled. So having mm. a good quality, age appropriate sled seems like something everyone should own. Not me. I have boogie boards in my garage, but I think other people probably have sleds. Do you have a sled? Yeah, uh, we have many sleds. We have a sleds in all shapes and sizes. But I think my favorite sled is either just the um, the, the classic disc. Uh-huh. They get going really fast yeah. for little yeah. for older kids um, or the ones that are just kind of like that. You know, they're just like long enough. They're like the plastic sled. I mean, I, they're nothing fancy. Yeah. But they're just like the like they, they've got the little rope handles. Sometimes you can get two yep. kids on them. Well made. And, you know, not the cheapest one. But they don't have to be expensive. Just now. Yeah. How far do you have to go for a real hill? Um, we live in a town that a ravine goes right through the middle of it. So there are hills everywhere. Like, OK, maybe I could probably find a sledding hill within a quarter mile of my house. OK. Um, I don't so, remember yeah. it being hilly there, at least like the, the roads. Oh, I, mean, oh, I guess I do. No, it is. Yeah. When yeah, you come, I remember now. like right in the middle of town, you go way down and go way back up. I remember and depending now. on what way you're cutting through, because um, it's actually I guess it's actually a fault line, um, but it, it's like divided in two. So the main road cuts right through it. And then so it runs one way and then it also runs a different like another way. So it's it's kind of cool. It makes the terrain a little yeah, more exciting. I do remember that now. Um, what about golf courses? Those make, do they let you sled on golf courses in the winter? I've never experienced that. Okay. That's where we, so I don't know. Yeah. That, that's, um, where my, but the weird thing is our golf courses aren't very hilly. <laughs> now okay. that I think about it here, they're pretty flat. That so makes sense. I don't think, I don't think it'd be very fun. Okay. Moving yeah. on. We're going to come inside because that's where it's warm. So we have a few thoughts on keeping kids busy, not going insane when you are stuck inside. A couple of people mentioned investing in some kind of a membership to an indoor play space. Again, this is where my Arizona summers come into play. Um, I would agree with that. And you don't have to pay for a membership if you just know like 
which day the gymnastics gym has open gym and like where the best Chick-fil-A playground is. And like you can kind of get your indoor play spaces, get the beat on that and have a have a weekly meetup and, you know, just like build your build your schedule with some indoor play spaces, because otherwise you will lose your mind at home. I do not. First of all, I did not know that Chick-fil-A had indoor play spaces in Arizona to me in Arizona. They did. And they were they were the best ones. I mean, and the the, yeah, we don't even have one here. So I would know. Yeah, I keep hearing we're going to get one. But um, so I was going to say that I remember spending like lots of time mapping out places I could go, like anywhere I could go that had anything to do inside when my kids were little, like library, McDonald's, like where were the places that had, um, and a lot of them were free or cheap. So yeah, yeah, with some, with a little bit of, um, research and the willingness to, you know, go hang out in the McDonald's playland for an hour, which I, I found that when my kids were little, I was very willing to do. Oh yeah. I mean, you have, it becomes survival. So yes, yes, I I'm being brought right back there. Only it's 115 outside instead of 20. <laughs> um, what about this one? Jennifer has a space heater and I kind of want a space heater this year for myself because do you have a space heater like a little in my house? No, but at different times of my life, I have had them. This house really doesn't need one. Yeah. Um, a heat, the, it's a small house. It's a low to the ground house. And yeah. I find it, it, it retains heat very efficiently. But I've lived in much draftier homes before. And yeah, we've had them all over the place. So my house is the opposite. And here's something I will say about California winters. And actually, a a listener in the group mentioned this as well, is we tend to think we don't need anything for winter because our winters are mild and short. But I think sometimes when people visit in the winter here, um, it's that it's the wet, damp, and they're not expecting it. So if it's wet, damp, and you're not expecting it, you can feel colder here. Our buildings are also not built for it. So like, our buildings, our cars, our garages are not set up the way yours are. So you can yeah. actually feel colder on a 50 degree rainy Southern California day than you might when it's very, very cold somewhere, but your your whole life is set up for warmth. And so um, the the one listener made a comment that once she finally invested in things like umbrellas and rain boots and like, I do need winter stuff. It's just California winter stuff. And I feel the same way. My house is drafty. It's, um, Mm -hmm. doesn't heat well on the ground floor. The upstairs is always warmer and I work from home all day. And I think a space heater might make my life a little better this year. And it's so nice that they like, you can set them up to blow on your feet. Yeah. That's what I would just have it under my kitchen table. Um, and I remember too, being at your house last year and being like huddled under a blanket for an entire day. So (laughs) I definitely felt it must've been one of those gray kind of clammy days that, Yeah. yeah. And me coming from Michigan, I just expect a day where it's kind of cold for me to either have like lots of stuff to layer up on at yeah. home or crank the heat and sit in front of the heater. So like, you and know, I think buildings yeah. and houses, I think it makes a big difference. We don't have those. We don't have the double entryways, you know, where it yeah. keeps. So doors are always opening. I don't think our doors and windows of the homes are sealed the way yours are. So yep. once it's 40 at night and 55 during the day, it's cold inside. And so yep. I always I feel like a wimp. But I think once you experience it, you're like, no, it is. It is possible to be colder. Yes. there, even though it's not colder outside. So agreed. Agreed. Um, what else? Have you ever had a cozy electric blanket? That was Absolutely. Kelly's idea. Um, I have had them. I gave one to, I want to say Isaac for Christmas last year and he loved it, but, um, electric blankets are the bomb and you can even get like electric, um, mattress pads. Okay. For yeah. someone who is not going through, like I'm, I'm way over hot at night. I don't yeah. know if it's, the change coming or what (laughs) I actually feel like I've run hot since in my thirties, but, um, I get really hot at night. So that would be unnecessary for me probably, but I've definitely 
been at places before where it's been just a little colder and like that really makes a big difference. Yeah. No, that anything that makes it cozy to be inside. Um, We had several listeners mention keeping kids busy. um, And one of those great ideas was keeping certain toys in the basement or the attic or the closet that only come out when you really need them to like a snow day, a sick day, a stuck inside day. So um, I think that's a great solution. I do not have a basement. I don't have a lot of space for that kind of thing, but we do, we have one little um, pop-up play tent. It's like a little, it looks like a little princess play tent that that will come out or any of those big indoor things. And if you can, if you can hold it back so your kids only expect it when they really, when you really need it, I think that's a great, great strategy. You can also do things like relax your usual rules about letting them put blankets and pillows on the floor, yeah. which I have a hard time with, <laughs> um, or like boxes, like letting kids tape boxes together and make like little forts and stuff. Yep. I mean, sometimes you just got to do what you got to do. And there's, I feel like my house always has a stash of boxes. I'm, I'm in the process of trying to figure out how to get rid of. Mm-hmm. And so sometimes those will pop out and not, not anymore so much. Yeah. Although that, I mean, not, that's not always true. I definitely Clara if she's got a friend over, um, she will ask if she can have boxes to make a fort. And yeah. they still do pillow forts and blanket forts. Yeah. No, forts forts are fun for all ages. Um, so Mary mentioned that she has a basket on the floor inside the front door where her little one and even the grownups can throw their hats and scarves and gloves. And even for her little one, his coat, because he's only three mm-hmm. and he's not going to hang it up. Um, so I'm a huge fan of we have a shoe basket that serves similarly. And so... I love being honest to say, you know what? These shoes are probably not going to be lined up neatly in a closet. But if I put a basket here, it's better than them being on the floor. So I love that she solved that by just a catch all basket. And Mary also mentioned mitten clips, which inexplicably I put in the inside section of our outline. But mitten clips are what do they clip? Do they clip to each other? Do they clip to the end of your coat? Well, you can have both. Okay. Um, you can have mittens that clip together and a lot of mittens come with little clips that clip them together. Okay. Um, but you can also, the ones that I'm thinking she's probably talking about like snap or clip to the sleeve and then to the mitten. Yes. So they don't get lost. Yes, I believe Um, so. I'm looking at them on Amazon right now. The ones that she very affordable, we will link those up. So these would clip each mitten to each sleeve or or could clip the mittens to each other. Um, it even shows a child with, ice skates and the clip is like going around the back of her neck. So this oh, okay. must be very versatile. Well, the, the, my solution for that, um, without purchasing something, I don't know why I never bought mitten clips. It's probably one of those things like every year I probably thought, Oh, I should have bought mitten clips, but we got in the habit of stuffing mittens inside hats and stuffing the hat inside the sleeve. Oh, that's very smart. So you always know where it is. Yeah. Um, that's just kind of like the cheap, cheap and unorganized, disorganized way but it became our habit and it worked. Um, and to the point about putting a basket, uh, Mary's point about putting a basket on the floor. We don't have enough room right on the yeah. floor by the front door, but there is a closet there and it's in there on the floor. And I finally went to that. Like I used to have this much more elaborate system where I had one of those little, like a shoe bench that had three little canvas things that pulls out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And so I organized everything. So I had like, you know, the shoes were all lined up on the shoe bench and then there or under the shoe bench, there's like a little shelf. And then there were the three things. And I had like mittens in one, hats in the other and scarves in one. And that just never worked. And I think the reason it didn't work is that the kids all had their preferred pair Mm -hmm. and that somehow never made it into those, um, (laughs) into the bins. So the bins were all full of like the leftovers and accessory pairs. And then like no one, no one was in the habit of looking there to get them. So they just would go unused or like they weren't organized by kids. So no one knew which ones were theirs. I just found like the less out of sight 
the more easy it was to keep track of it, even if it meant a big basket of just mess. Yeah. It was somehow easier to deal with a big open mess yeah. than a mess that was all concealed. I mean, I, I think that has been true of a lot of my organization philosophies. I think because I love categories myself, I love the idea, like you said, of a different bin for each thing and through toys and clothes and over yeah. the years, if it's not if if people other than you and even you with your limited time and resources aren't returning each of those things to their ascribed categorical basket, then it, the system is flawed. Even if it's right. a beautiful system and it should make sense, it's only as good as I think you've taught me that like it's only as good as people actually using it. Yes. Um, and that's true for every organizational thing from your calendar to any system that you use. So and it's just not logical to sometimes separate things like the categories have to make logical and functional sense. And sometimes the way you want to separate things does not. Right. right. <laughs> like having all the mittens in one bin isn't as sensible, isn't as sensible as having all of one kid's things organized with that kid's stuff. Yeah. Like, that, like just little changes like that. Because no one, because you lose control of the system because everyone has to know how to use it and just as well as you. Yeah, and, and you it's, it's got to be doable. Um, right. Uh, just a real quick side story. I have, there, there's this, this table in our kind of entryway that has two drawers. And years ago, um, I made each of the drawers, one for Allegra and one for Reed for what I called like their lost and found or their miscellaneous. It's all the little tchotchke stuff that I want to throw away, but maybe, maybe it's a little too valuable to throw away. So it's like, but small things, a deck of Pokemon cards or this or that. And it has worked so great for so many years, but I never had one for Violet because at the time right. she was like a year and a half when we moved into this house, she didn't have her own things. And I can't for literally for, I mean, however, maybe three and a half years, her little stuff sits around in piles or I eventually carry it up to her room because of that one little stumbling block. Like it, it really was a perfect system. One little drawer, they can go through it every couple months and they'll get rid of stuff, but I just don't have the third drawer. And so I, I have piles. So it's just yeah. funny how those things become a sticking point. Well, and some of them, I think we have to understand will never go away until your kids outgrow them. Like, yeah, I think I had this idea that at some point I would fix some of those systems and they would get prettier. Yeah. And then what happened is my kids just outgrew the need for anything at all or that item. And then so you do move on past the need. But sometimes the mental gymnastics of trying to perfect it and make it perfectly pretty. Yeah. Um, it would like take you longer to do that than it does just to wait it out. Yeah. And, and move I, on with your life. Yeah. <laughs> and you kind of realize like after years, you're like, hey, this has been working all along. Like this. Right. Like this is, you know, it's funny. Um, OK, well, before we wrap, just a couple more things. Um, Heather was the listener I was talking about before. I wasn't looking at her name, but who talked about this mentality of California winters, or if you live in Texas or Florida or anywhere else where your winters are very mild. And she said she, when she finally realized that rain boots, rain jackets, and umbrellas were their winter gear, and she like invested the time and money to have good ones, things got so much better. So I just say, I, I concur with that. So even if you are a mild weather person, um, take the time to figure out what's going to make you and your kids comfortable in the winter. And just because it might not be snow pants doesn't mean um, there's not things out there that could make your life easier with rain and cool weather and stuff. Well, and I want to chime in on that really quick and just say, I think moms are, are, you know, there's a stereotype that we're terrible at taking care of ourselves mm. and we will sit there. We will go through the biggest, um, you know, no matter what climate we live in, we will jump through every possible hoop to make sure our baby or small child is comfortable and yeah. warm and protected from the elements. 
And then we throw on a coat that is totally not appropriate for the weather. We don't bother putting on like warm boots. We don't bother putting on mittens. We freeze. Like, you know, we're in the car shivering and dying and they're like sweating in their (laughs) 15 layers. And so it really makes a big difference. Like, you know, when you buy a coat, make sure it's the right coat for whatever climate you live in. Um, Make sure that the boots, you have a pair of boots. I'm not saying you have to wear them all the time, but that are actually warm. Yeah. That aren't just like fashion boots or, yeah. you know, slip-ons that are, that are easy, but that are actually going to keep you warm. Um, I, I think we can be really bad at that when we're in the phase of getting that stuff for our kids. And the good news is a lot of the places that we tend to shop for baby and kid stuff anyway, like Land's End yeah. or like a lot of those different brands have good stuff for, yeah. for adult women. So take the time. <laughs> yes, take the time. And we tend to be very economical too, right? We're trying right. to like save money and if you have a two month winter, like we do here, it feels like, oh gosh, like why, why go to all that trouble? But I am, I could not be more excited about the winter coat I bought myself at the end of last season. It, it's like a, it's a full blown winter coat. Like I could wear it to visit you in Michigan. And I'm super excited about it because I will wear it these two months and then I'll wear it probably for six or seven years. Yeah. So, um, I, I've saved money by not having a proper winter coat for the last 10 years, but I'm really happy I have one now. So, okay. Finishing up, Cynthia needs to know the best travel mug for warm beverages. And I thought this would be a fun one to end on because she likes to have a warm beverage in the winter, as do you, Megan. But you mostly drink yours at home, correct? I do. But one thing I have been doing recently is taking them with me when I go places. So I might not plan to drink it in the car, but like if I'm going to my co-working space or sometimes I have like another place I might work at, right? And I'll take the beverage with me intending to drink it when I get to the place. And when that happens, I really hate drinking out of a traditional travel mug. That is not my preferred way to drink a hot beverage. So I was thinking about the, I know you have a thing where you just like carry regular mugs. I do. I do take regular mugs in the car. But you got a new mug, right? That has a lid. Um, Cynthia is looking for some kind of travel mug that fits in her cup holder in her car. And I will say mine's not perfect for that. What I like, mine is a hydro flask brand, but it's shaped like a regular ceramic coffee mug. And the outside doesn't feel metal. It is stainless on the inside. So you wouldn't like it, Megan, because you don't like to drink out of anything metal, right? Well, I will. I mean, no, that's not like a, that's not the deal breaker for me. For me, it's more about the, um, the mouth feel, if you will. (laughs) Of like sipping out of a little slot. Yes. what? I, yeah, that's what I don't like. I don't like I the that. lids and I don't like the metal feeling on my hand of a traditional travel mug. So I think I talked about mine in our favorite things episode. And so for some of you, it's also a great mug just to keep your stuff warm when you're at home. You don't have to travel with it. Right. I'm not sure it would be what Cynthia is looking for because it doesn't fit perfectly in car cup holders. But she says she has a graveyard of travel drink vessels for both her and her little one. Someone else recommended the hydro flask with um, a top that they have both for kids and then one with a coffee top. And I mean, hydro flask, they're expensive, but they are, they work really well at keeping things warm. So um, hopefully there's a perfect one out there. I, I kind of think this is one where there's no one perfect. It's like the perfect thing to solve your particular warm beverage issues. Well, and there's so, I mean, there is a wealth of mug options out there, right? Um, I have one that's like a big ceramic mug that I think I got not from Starbucks, but from like a local yeah. coffee shop that's kind of similar. And it's got like this rubbery top. Yeah. I've seen and these. I, I prefer, I like the way it feels in my hand and I like the rubbery top more than I like the slide top, but it doesn't really solve the problem. First of all, it's very heavy and I don't think it's it's not really leak proof. Like if I knocked yes. it over, it would yeah. spill. I have a couple of those um, ceramic ones too. World Market yeah. makes a couple of cute ones. 
So I like it, you know, it solves some problems, but not the other problem. Then I have a Contigo, which is amazing in that I have flown with my Contigo before. So four <laughs> hours on a plane, I put it in my, like I made it um, at the airport. So after I get through security, I carry the Contigo through. After I get through security, I go get myself a tea, screw the top on, put it in my computer bag. And I have gotten off the flight on the other end and still had a hot drink. So that is amazing, <laughs> right? But like, then I have to drink out of a, like out of like a little, like the little slide Yes, thing. yes. And I don't like that. Yes. So- I, maybe there's no perfection. There's, or maybe my system of just take your regular coffee mug in the car with you and spill everywhere. No, it's not. A maybe. System. Maybe that's it. But one thing I have done before, though, is carry the, the I look at the Contigo or whatever the insulated thing is more as a vessel um, to get it from one place yeah. to the other. And then when I get to that place, I'll ask for a mug. I've done yeah. that before. I totally would do that, too. We are <laughs> we are very particular about our beverage receptacles. Um, but I love that Cynthia brought that up because, as you guys noticed, a lot of the things on this list were to keep our kids comfy. So with a few exceptions, the slippers, the Ugg slippers and the travel mugs and, you know, the pep talk we just gave about making sure that you're keeping yourself warm and cozy this winter as well. So um, I'm sure we'll get a bunch of suggestions for perfect travel mugs and we'll have to round those up. In the and we'll probably well. be very critical and find something wrong with each one of them, but that's okay. But it only has to be perfect for, for one person. So. Exactly. Um, okay. Well, we are going to wrap up, but just as a reminder, you can check the show notes. Um, those are also right in your podcast player app, wherever you're listening right now. And um, there we'll link to the blog post with a full list of all the winter products we mentioned today. And then a bunch more that we didn't have time to mention. Um, and those are all at the momhour.com slash 238. Or again, just scroll down wherever you're listening and you should see them right in the description for this episode. Okay, everyone, we hope you've enjoyed this episode. And as a reminder, we've got a page on our website just for new listeners with some of our favorite episodes broken out by stage of motherhood or stage of, you know, age and stage of your children. So check it out at themomhour.com slash new. And that's also a great place to send your friends when you tell them about the show. So definitely check that out. Again, that's themomhour.com slash new. We'll be back with you soon with an all new episode. We'll talk to you then. Guess what, Megan? Over 10,000 teens are already using our sponsor, Erica, to help them unplug. That is amazing. Erica, that's Erica with a K, is the social media health app for teens that gives them the tools to unplug whenever they need to for improved health, study focus, sleep, and daily balance. It's so cool how this works to hide distracting apps from your phone at the touch of a button, keeping them out of sight and out of mind without deleting your data. Yeah, you know, teens really get that social media comes with risks, including addiction, and Erica helps them build healthy habits and self-regulation that will benefit them their whole lives. Tell your teens about Erica and save 20% on the Erica family plan with promo code THEMOMHOUR. Go to erica.app and search for plans. That's Erica with a K, E-R-I-K-A dot A-P-P and use code THEMOMHOUR to save 20%. Hey everyone, Sarah here. Megan and I would absolutely love it if you hit pause right now, right where you're listening and left the mom hour a rating and review. If our show has helped you feel a little more confident as a mom or a little less alone, that's one of the absolute biggest ways you can thank us. And it really takes about 30 seconds. If you're listening in Apple podcasts, just navigate to the mom hours show listing. So not the episode you're listening to right now, but the kind of landing area for our show as a whole, and then scroll down to leave a rating or review. Thank you so much.